Welcome to STEM Four's podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM Four is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM Four's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness, and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello, and welcome to STEM Four Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause, and I'm the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years' experience in a variety of mental health settings and a passion for improving the mental health of young people and working with parents and carers. In today's episode, we're going to look at building confidence and self-esteem in boys and young men. Now, whilst we often talk about building confidence in girls and women, boys and men struggle with self-esteem and confidence too. And this focus on girls often places boys at risk of being overlooked or with further impact on their confidence, since they may believe that somehow they don't meet the expectation of naturally having self-esteem and confidence. Now, there are many factors that impact on male self-esteem. The first, I think, are the expectations of certain behaviours in school. Neurodevelopmentally, boys are more likely to find it hard in the early years to sit still or pay attention for long periods of time, especially to things that they don't consider important. And this can give them a reputation for being disruptive, which of course can affect self-esteem. So some things that can be done are to kind of provide short breaks between activities, providing positive reinforcement when they pay attention, for example, noticing when they've sat still for a while, or providing acknowledgement and praise for delaying something they want to do in order to complete something that they don't or helping them to delay having something that they really want in order that they can learn what's called delayed gratification. These self-management strategies can all be helpful and will go a long way to starting to build a sense of positive sense in in managing their own behaviours and needs. The second factor is that the world we all live in is very competitive and Competition generates comparison. Now, comparison affects all genders, of course, um, and competition, especially in an area which is out of control, for example, who the tallest might be or the strongest might be, can then lead to negative self-beliefs about self-worth. So parents and educators, I think, have an important role here in promoting the importance of individuality and emphasising unique qualities. Parents and educators also need to reflect on whether their own communication to the young person is balanced and if they tend to compare more than provide a message about individual values and talents. 
So just reflect back when an exam mark might be brought up. Is your natural comment to say, yeah, that's good, but how did everybody else do? And if you do, it might be that you want to start to reflect on what that message might be saying to the young person who might be hearing it. Boys are also often more expected to conform to gender stereotypes in terms of showing certain emotions, such as, for example, tears. And this can often mean that it becomes harder for them to express those emotions for worry that they might be seen as weak. Helping them to identify their emotions, so the whole concept of naming to tame, Uh, and to helping them not feel embarrassed when they cry or when they show an emotion that might be perceived within society as weak uh, within males will be a very helpful learning tool in terms of developing the ability to express and manage emotions. Building confidence also relies on parent boundaries. So how they're implemented, for example, if a parent is too strict or too lax, that isn't always the most effective way in which a young person learns how to develop their own sense of confidence about what to do and what not to do. Also, when and how they're encouraged to become competent in the world. So to do this means knowing your young person and knowing when to step back and how to step back and let them take informed and helpful risks to deal with mistakes, to help them to solve problems and follow through with something that they have started all the way through to finish. This means for parents and for educators, helping young people make their own choices. And this can start from a young age helping them to pursue interests, helping helping them to take healthy risks, helping them to learn how to overcome feelings of failure and noticing and commenting on how they've done something well in order to enable them to grow. Now, negative self-statements often lead to negative self-esteem. So, Catching negative statements and helping build self-worth is an important part of parenting. So this means that whilst it might be helpful to acknowledge areas that need improvement, it's also about picking up if a young person is too harsh a self-critic or if they are likely to believe that they are more likely to fail and that that stops them from doing something. So that then will stop them from building confidence, but also will come from not feeling particularly positive or having self-esteem. Some things you can do is help them identify negative self-statements and work with them in helping them assess if these have any factual foundation. And in the absence of any facts, how they may start to think more positively about themselves. Building positive self-belief takes practice. And the environment in which this is to develop is also important. So if you yourself as a parent or an educator 
is a harsh critic, often this will contribute to maintaining negative and self-critical thinking. Be aware that boys and young men often hide negative self-worth very effectively. Behaviour is often the best communicator of hidden low self-esteem. Some of these behaviours include frequent falling out with friends, getting into fights, not really practising self-care, not being invited to social events because of their behaviours, constant blame either of themselves or of others, or lots of repeated feelings of guilt. If you notice any of these, keep connecting and listen out for consistent messages you might hear from them that give you an insight into what might not be going well and the value they place on themselves. Overall, however, self-esteem and confidence can be built. It builds over time and it will build as a young person grows up and starts to develop their own sense of identity. Parents and carers have a really important role in supporting them to develop these very important elements of um, resilience. Now, I've been sent a couple of questions, so I will read them out. Uh, The first one says, how early should I be helping my son build his self-esteem? That's a great question. I think foundations for building positive self-esteem really start from infancy. So how you are as parents and carers and how you respond to your infant's needs when they cry, when they smile, how quickly and correctly you respond and how kind you are all help provide a very positive sense of self. And from then on, your input into providing positive feedback, learning what it's like to respond to being told no, negotiating difficult situations, and helping them value themselves for who they are will all be really constructive ways in which you will help them to build their self-esteem and confidence. The second question says, my teenager acts differently around some of their friends because they lack confidence. How can I encourage them not to follow the crowd and not to act up to impress them? Well, firstly, I think you've got to understand the importance of adolescent relationships and then understand the social needs of your young person and work out with them how to make good choices in terms of their behavior and social presentation. So in terms of adolescent relationships, one of the main needs in a teenager's development is to belong to a group and to be accepted. That's why teens worry so much about how they look, how they, how they should act um, and what they should like. Once they fit into a group, they will take on that identity. Now, this is where knowing your young person is important because if they lack social confidence, if they're shy, if they feel different, if they feel they don't fit in, or in fact, if this is the first group that they have become part of, they will merge within the group identity even more. And it'd be really hard for a parent to say anything against that group. So some steps of encouragement. Firstly, before you talk about the change in behavior, you might notice when they're with their friends, 
I think what will be really helpful is to have a couple of things that you don't do. So firstly, don't criticize their friends or their behavior, because as soon as you do, they will react strongly because they will feel bound to defend their choices. Instead, talk to them and find out the meaning of their friendship group to them. See if they can notice any changes in their behavior. Discuss with them alternatives and suggest they try them out. Now, if they don't notice any changes in their behavior, then maybe you can start to very gently point out some of the consequences. So you might say, oh, well, when, you know, whenever I see you after you've met your friends, you seem a little bit down. Or you might say, oh, I noticed that you were kind of speaking, you know, in a really sort of animated way, but perhaps in a way using words that were a little bit unkind. I haven't heard you use those before. Do you think you noticed that? And that might help them to start to draw their attention to how they might change in that situation. Please see any of these discussions as a series of discussions. You are not going to make a huge amount of change or generate self-reflection in one discussion. But keep the connection going so that at certain points in time, your young person will start to realize that they change around their friends. And it might also be that you start to provide them with some alternatives that they can try to see how they might be their own person, their own unique self and be respected and liked for that. Now, I've got a third question here, which is, how do I help my son feel more settled about how he looks? He's very self-critical. So opinions of your body form at a really young age and are influenced often by par parent and carer self-esteem and perfectionism, can also be influenced by friends, by sport and by ideal body image promoted in films, reality TV, on the internet and social media. So whilst a lot is written about poor body image in girls, boys also expect neg um, experience negative body image. And this might focus on not being tall enough, not having sufficient muscle, being too skinny, or indeed being overweight. And it's probably true to say that boys who are overweight actually experience a lot of criticism, a lot of bullying, a lot of teasing, which can often be quite unkind to be on the receiving end of all of these feedbacks affecting how they might feel about themselves. So having ongoing positive and supportive conversations with your son where you listen to their concerns is important. And that might be, you know, carrying out an activity and having a conversation. Uh, it's often true to say that uh, boys and young men don't like heavy, serious conversations. So doing something light, perhaps introducing some humor if it's appropriate, will often engage them far more. Or it might be that you discuss it over a movie where perhaps some of these issues are already present. When discussing eating, talk about healthy eating rather than weight-related eating. Encourage shared decision about meals and about shared participation in cooking them, in serving them, um, so that there is a real collaborative venture around what uh, food uh, means in terms of connection. Avoid diet foods or being on constant diets. And similarly with exercise, please talk about building strength and stamina rather than exercise for weight loss or weight gain. 
Balance is important. So if there are discussions about going on protein-only diets, for example, or being in the gym for often more longer than you, you think they should, and some of these things might be that you notice they're tired, grumpy, exercising through injury, then gently but regularly address this behavior. Think about what it might be that they're worried about might happen as a consequence if they don't carry out this behavior. Avoid commenting on people's weight or on your own, because this message promotes the fact that you notice weight and that it matters. So keep building on their sense of positive self by commenting and noticing on things that they're proud of or that they're passionate about or that they enjoy doing. If they start to withdraw from friends, are constantly tired, have a changed performance in school or college, have very variable mood, they're eating differently to usual, they're showing fluctuations or changes in weight, they've started taking an intense interest in food-related matters, have a friend who has an eating disorder, then please do get a doctor's opinion on assessing both their physical and mental health. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you did, then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like more information, you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stem4.org.uk. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at stem4.org. Links to our website and our five free apps, including our latest Worth Warrior app, which focuses on building positive self-worth and body image issues designed specifically for young people, can be found in the podcast description. I hope you'll join me for our next episode. Until then, keep well. Goodbye.